verse 11 through until verse chapter 7 and verse 1. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 through verse 12. Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he said, O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. You are not straightened in us, but you are straightened in your own bowels. That is to say, if we were to write that today, it would be in your own hearts. Verse 13, now for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children. Be you also enlarged. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? What concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them, I will walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, Come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having, verse 1 of chapter 7, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Having, therefore, these promises, dearly beloved. I want to talk today about these things. I don't have a title. I thought about what I was going to title. I couldn't come up with anything. Just what I have on my heart this morning. Let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts today. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for your grace and mercy. God, I ask today that you would meet with us in this place continually. God, I thank you for what we've already felt in this place this morning. God, I'm asking God that you would continue to saturate this sanctuary with your presence. God, bind our hearts and minds together. Lord, but not only that, God, anoint our ears and our hearts to hear and receive your word with meekness today. Lord, I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay, that I would only say the things you won't said today. Lord, let your perfect will be accomplished in this sanctuary today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. I, uh, as many of you know, I've, I went on a trip this week, and I was on a trip by myself. I wasn't having to try to keep up with the kids and keep up with whatever they had going on and make sure that they were keeping up with me. And so I had plenty of extra time. 
while I was traveling. And uh, I got to reading, and reading my Bible, reading some other, uh, some devotional stuff. And, uh, everything, everything that I read this week pointed me in these directions. And as I continued to study and continued to pray and think about this church, not just this church, but my own relationship with my Savior and where I'm at relationship-wise with my God. Mr. Rini, I know I can go much further than where I'm at today. And I know that this church can see greater things than what we've already seen. I'm not saying I'm dissatisfied with what God's done thus far. But I know this much. God's not done with us yet. God's still working in our midst. He wouldn't have met with us this morning if he wasn't working in, his mit in our midst today. His glory has been in this place. It has been evident in our midst today. I know... I know what's typically preached when I preach when I've preached from this passage of scripture and when others have preached from this passage of scripture. And yes, there is a mandate, and I am teaching on Sunday mornings before in our Bible class every week about holiness and what it entails and and all of the different aspects to holiness. And as I continue down those treks, that also is in my mind because not only do I want to be a church that is a power-packed church, but in order to become a power-packed church, I must be a holy church. Um, without the holiness of God, without the, the power of, the, of, of His glory in our midst, we are just another group of people meeting in another building, and we're not accomplishing anything. And I'm of the opinion that if we don't grow, if we're not constantly pressing forward, then we are going to become stagnant. And let me ask you something. How many of you like to drink stale water? I don't like to drink stale water. How many of you like to drink lukewarm water? I know I sure don't. In fact, God doesn't even like to drink lukewarm water. He told one church, he said this. He said, I, I would that you were hot or cold. He said, but you're lukewarm. You have just a, a, a aura of, of being nonchalant about what's going on in the church today. You go to church, you do what you do, you go home, and you just continue living. And uh, one of the things that I noticed as I read through about Noah, um, and later in the, Old, in the New Testament, it refers to Noah. Uh, the, the end time is going to be like the days of Noah was. They were giving and giving in marriage. They were eating and they were feasting. They were just... If you let me put it down in, in just common terms, they were living life. That's what they were doing. They weren't doing anything. I, I know there was a lot of sin involved, okay? Don't get me wrong there. But the main thing that God was pointing out, he said, look, they just went about their lives. And they were only worried about making it from one day to the next and what they can do about themselves. And they had never turned to me. They quit looking to me. The, Jesus, when he was on the earth, he said, when the Son of Man returns, shall he find what on the earth? Does anybody know? He said, shall I find faith in the earth? That's what he's worried about. Are there going to still be people who are looking to me? 
Are there still going to be people who are willing to go the extra mile to, to, yes, live their life, but also go a little bit further, maybe become a little bit uncomfortable in living for God and say, hey, here I am, Lord. I want to go further in your kingdom. I want to see and help people for your glory, not for mine. I'm not here for somebody to come pat me on the back. I'm not here for you to come and give me accolades. If nobody ever says you're doing a good job, Pastor, I'm okay with that. You know why? Because when I get to heaven and I hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, that's all that matters to me. In fact, I would dare say that if I'm getting a lot of accolades from mankind, I probably need to check myself. Because I'm not here, I, I do want to grow in favor with God and man, but I don't want to be man pleaser. I'm not looking to be that individual that always is, in, is, is telling somebody, even though they're not right, <laughs> say, hey, everything's going to be all right. Does that make sense? Sometimes somebody needs to, to, to understand that they need to change. Does that make sense today? I need, God needs people who are willing to stand in the gap, Brother Mendez, and say, hey, it's time for you to get things right. Amen. You don't have to be rude about it. You can live a holy life before somebody else, and you don't have to be rude about it. Well, hallelujah. There's a lot of things in life that as I was, as I was reading through these books and I was, listen, I was listening to different things, um, I, I, something caught my attention, and, and the book said this. It said, um, in fact, uh, there, there's a lot of uh, Trinitarian vernacular in this devotional, so I'm going to preface it with this, but if, if you're looking for a decent devotional, I'll tell you that there's a lot of encouragement in the purpose-driven life. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of encouragement there. There's a lot of true things that were there, and I was, I was reading through that. Uh, it's meant to go from day to day. And, and all that, but I, I, I just started reading through everything just because I wanted to see what, what this was all about. And one of the, one of the th uh, three points that they made, I don't know what day it was, but he, he made this. He said, <clears throat> my, my faith is tested through problems. He said, my hope is tested in how I handle my possessions. And he said, my love is tested through people. And then I began to think about Hezekiah. Hezekiah's character was tested when God withdrew his presence from him. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I, I want to be honest with you. I've been there before. Where when I come to the house of the Lord and I begin to seek the face of God, I can't feel the glory of God like I used to. Sister Winnie, I'm wondering what in the world did I do? Did I make, did I sin? What did I do? Why did God remove himself from me? And I began to, to, to do some introspecting. I started looking on the inside. God, what is there in me that I need to change? 
am I treating somebody wrong? What, what's going on? Why can't I feel you like I used to feel you? I've been there, not just one time. I've been there a few times. And I remember one, one particular time in my life that was about, I don't know, three months, four months. And I was desperate. And I said, God, I don't know what's going on. Why can't I feel you? God, I've been at your feet every single day for a long time. Why can't I feel you? What is wrong? And that day, Brother Tuffy, it was a Saturday afternoon. I was still living at home. And I went over to the church and I, I told mom and dad, I said, I don't, don't try to get a hold of me for dinner. I don't care. What, what happens, I'm going to the church, and I'm not leaving the church until I get a hold of God. And I don't know how long it took me, but I can promise you this. When I finished, I had been in communion with God. Everything seemingly was better. <laughs> I was feeling the glory of heaven in my life all over again. Maybe you can say it was a Job moment. I don't know. But I can tell you this. Hezekiah had to go through it as well. And sometimes God does this for to us just to see how much do you love me. Do you only love me for the loaves and the fishes? Do you only love me for that little goose bump that runs up, the, up and down your spine when my glory meets with you? Are, are you only in it for what you can feel or are you in this thing for a relationship? Are you building something that is going to last through the thick and the thin, through the ups and the downs, through the horrible things and through the, the, through the happy times? And, 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 and sometimes God just wants to know, hey, I know I've been blessing you. I know I've been giving you everything that you've been asking for. He said, but now I'm going to step away and I'm going to see, are you really in this because you love me? Or are you in this because all I do is continue to hand you things that you need on a regular basis? Does that mean God abandons us? No, he's still providing for us the entire time. You're just not feeling the closeness that you used to feel. Does that mean you need to stop seeking him? No. <laughs> no. That means you failed the test. But all I'm trying to do is encourage somebody this morning. It's time for us to come out from among them, the world, and be separate. I'm not willing to be like everybody else. I'm not here just to use and abuse relationships with friends and family. I'm not here just to go through the motions of a relationship and say, hey, here I am in church. Here I am today. It's Sunday. You know, it's time to go to church. But no, God, I'm going to be on my knees tomorrow. I'm going to be reading your word tomorrow. I'm going to be seeking after you tomorrow. Why? Because I want more of you, Jesus. I need more of you in my life than I've ever had in my, in my entire life before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. These are the times. I, I'm, what I'm talking about this morning is the fact that there are times that God does this and the enemy knows you're desperate. The enemy knows what's going on. And I'm almost done. You think about what you're going to play. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a story here for just a minute. Something that transpired and 
I'm not going to get into the details because that doesn't matter. But I want you to consider with me today. A man was telling me a while back that he was sitting in his hotel room. And uh, all of a sudden he heard somebody come and knock on the door. And he's sitting there and he told me, he said, I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. Didn't understand why my door was being knocked on. So I just sat there for a few minutes. And I listened. And the knock came again. And he said, I started to get out of the bed. And then I heard my neighbor in the hotel open the door. And the individual that met them at the door asked, plain and clear, may I have your ID? And again, there's, there's a lot to the story, but I began to think as he told me that what was going down, he thought it was the cops, found out later it wasn't the cops. He said, you know, when I realized what was happening, and as soon, before he even started telling me everything, I started thinking, you know, how many times, Brother Mendez, are we just lounging in life? Can I put it this way? In the hotel of life. There's nobody around us. There's nobody out there that can find us. Nobody even knows me. Nobody's going to know. And then the door has a knock. says, hey, can I get your ID? Two things that just I haven't been able to rip out of my mind because I was like, God, I just, I don't want to talk about this Sunday. I want to talk about moms and how wonderful they are because moms are wonderful. If it wasn't for my mom, I wouldn't be here today. But I got to thinking. Genesis, did we have that verse, Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, 7? The scripture tells me that Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And She again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. I'm going to come back to my story in a minute, but I feel like we need to go here first. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But to Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, pay attention, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, what's it say? Sin's lying at the door. Back to my story. 
he was laying there in bed in a hotel room in a city where nobody's around him. And he hears the door. He thought it was for him. He was going to get up and go answer the door. But somebody else answered the door before him. (laughs) They even ID'd with it. And they let sin walk through the door. How many times in life do we as individuals Maybe it's nothing crazy, but you find yourself, I'm trying to stay on topic here, but you find yourself in a place where you're like, man, I I keep going through thing after thing. I don't understand what's going on in my life. Why, when I pray, I really can't touch heaven like I used to. I know that I've been I've been to church. We've we've had great services, and here I am in the middle of the week, and I I just can't seem to get a hold of God. I can't find Him anywhere, and then all of a sudden. Your curiosity says, all right, maybe it's God. Because there's another passage where Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. But you open the door. God said, it's in those times, most of the time, when temptation shows up. And you open the door. Now, you, could, you have the option to say, nope, sorry, not here today. My question is, are you willing to come out from among them and be separate and be able to stand up and say, I don't care what state I am in my relationship with God, sin's not welcome in this house. Sin's not welcome to come in these doors. Sin isn't welcome to be in this house. I'm telling you folks, sin is doing its best to find its way into every single house in this world. I kid you not. I'm telling you. I'm not going to get into all of it, but I'm telling you, that city life is not for me, my friend. Living in in that big city is not for me. There's, There's so much... Now, one thing that it did do is it stirred me up. I wanted to go, I say, hey, you know, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to be miserable like that. You you know you can get deliverance. I know people that have been where you are, and you can get help. But most of those folks just walk away from you because they don't they don't want help. They love living where they're at. And, and you know, when, when, I, when I get out of that atmosphere, I was starting to get depressed. Man, I, I don't know. Man, maybe my life ain't so great, but no, let me tell you something. When I can get into the presence of the Lord, amen, and when I know that that knock on the door is Jesus on the outside, hey, buddy, I'm opening that door, and I'm going to let him on inside, amen. That's why they put peepholes on them doors. You know that, right? Amen. You don't have to open the door. You can look out before you open that door to figure out who's the one knocking on that door. Amen. I want to make sure that Jesus is the one coming through my door. I'm not, I'm not letting sin that's been laying there for all of these years. Look, sin, Brother Tuffy, sin will sin wants to get a hold of you so bad. And I'm, I'm, I'm picking on you because I know you love it. Amen. Sin wants to come on in on the inside again. You know hell would love to see you back where you used to be. 
And every other person under the sound of my voice this morning, hell would love to see you back where God brought you from. He knocks on the door often. And he's not going to stop knocking on the door because he knows as long as you're alive and you got blood pumping through your veins and you got breath in your lungs that you are a viable candidate to get a hold of you once again and drag you back into the muck and the mire of sin. That's what he knows. But if I can somehow go beyond uh, just a superficial relationship with my Jesus uh, and I can get into his bosom and I can grab a hold of him like my son does did the other day when he saw me, just grabbed a hold of him and I'm not letting you go. Why? Because I love you so much and I don't want you to ever walk away and leave me alone like that again. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. I want to be in the presence of Jehovah just like I have been this morning, just like I am here this morning right now. Come on and play to the music. Amen. I want to be in the presence of the Almighty. Why? Because He is the answer to everything that I've got going on in my life. Amen. I've got to have a relationship with Him. Whether I feel Him like I think I need to feel Him or not. God, I'm still here. I'm still seeking your face. God, even though sin came knocking at the door, I'm not opening the door to that nastiness. Amen. I'm allowing your glory to come in. I'm keeping myself. I'm going to keep myself away from the things of this world. I long for your touch, Jesus. Can we stand this morning?